Welcome, everybody. This is your host, Fernando, a.k.a. Ferg. That's what everybody calls me. And this is your first ever episode for Olive Den's podcast. So just to get an idea, let's go ahead and just introduce myself and give an idea what this podcast is about. Um, Let's just get straight to it. So first things first. My name is Fernando, a.k.a. Ferg. I am a uh, 30-year-old young man from Houston, Texas, just getting online and doing something he's always wanted to do. Okay? All right. So, in this podcast, pretty much what I like to just emphasize on is overdose struggles as far as social pressure, mental stability, mental health, depression, PTSD, financial stability, physical fitness, you know, physical health, you know, mental health. I mean, just everything, you know, that I feel like I could tap into and just kind of give my two cents in, Um, you know, anywhere we can discuss anywhere from, you know, adversities, anywhere from successes in our lives, achievement goals, things that we've, you know, things that have always have to be bad. They can always, always be positive. So, you know, this is just, uh, this is just my journey. This is my story. And I'm going to share you with this guys on a platform that I feel like I'm comfortable enough to, I can talk to you guys. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right. So today I'm going to talk about more about myself. Let's just let's just get out. Let's just get this out the way. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about myself. I'm going to kind of give you an idea of where I'm at. Kind of give you you know the backstory of everything. And I've kind of people that know me kind of have an idea what you know what the story is. And I'm just gonna emphasize that a little bit more now that I have a platform where I can share with you guys and you know everything that 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 I've you know basically lived and and dealt with. So, uh, just like anybody else, I'm just a young boy, you know, regular old family, you know, was born in Houston, Texas, born and raised, you know, you know, as far as I can remember my childhood, uh, it was, uh, it was everywhere. Honestly, it was a lot, you know, um, mom, stay at home mom, didn't do much, you know, she was, uh. She was mom. I mean, you know, mom is mom. Um, you know, dad was, uh, you know, just typical dad trying to make a living. One household income, you know, typical Hispanic culture situation when you got parents that come over from the other side. Um, siblings have four sisters. I'm the only boy in the family. Three older sisters, one younger sister. Okay. Um, childhood, I mean, my childhood wasn't bad, I will say, it wasn't the greatest, I was blessed enough to have everything that I needed to survive, dad made sure we had everything we needed, you know, he made sure we had everything we, we needed to have, he met ends, you know, um, it wasn't always the best, I remember him struggling, I mean, things translate, you know, that's one thing I don't think a lot of people try to look back and reflect on. Well, at least 
I have as an adult now, you know, uh, as kids, we don't understand certain situations or certain things that happen when they happen. But whenever you look back as an adult, it changes a whole perspective and kind of gives you an idea of what your parents had to do to make sure that, you know, you're good. You know, we're straight. And, you know, I understood that from my mom and dad. So it's all good. But anyways, childhood was great. Can't complain. You know, there's certain things that happened in our in my childhood that affected all of us as a family, but that's not my side of the story to tell. I'm only here to tell mine. So, um, childhood friends, uh, you know, went to school in Fresno. Uh, you know, shout out everybody from Fresno. You know, you know where you're from. You know, we used to, we used to, you know, do crazy things in the neighborhood. I used to live in a small street called uh, Vermont Street. It was across the street from Verbena. You know, everybody knows where Verbena Street's at. You know, um, I used to live all on that side. And um, I grew up there for a little bit. And then we ended up moving on the other side of, of, of Fresno, which on Trammell, on the other side of 521. And I lived on Trammell in Indiana. That's when I came across my other group of friends. You know, that's when my neighborhood friends, you know, shout out my boy Chopper, man. He, he we used to do some crazy things, you know. Uh, you know, my boy Adrian, let him rest in peace. He recently died this year, passed away, unfortunately. Uh, you know, other friends I could mention, you know, Roel, Gio, you know, they homies, they know who they are. Another good friend of mine, man, that he's still here and I wish I could stay. As close to him as I used to be, my boy Armando down the street. <laughs> my boy Mondo, I, I I miss that man, man. He was a he's a really good friend of mine. I cherish him so much for the things that we did together. We used to do a lot of things when you know when I was younger. I used to go fishing a lot. I used to go hunting, and Mondo was always there. <laughs> so, if you're listening to this, what up, homie? uh childhood was great man i used to do a lot of things a lot of crazy things you know typical hispanic house i was scared of my mom more than my dad you know well, i mean i guess for girls i don't know it might be different it might be backwards you know but for me mama said no it was no that shit mom used to scare me <laughs> and uh nah, i just when mama said you had to do it, it was like you had to. And, you know, with dad, he was a little more lenient. He was more chill with it. He was more chill with it. It was more chill with it. Now, I'm going to tap into a side where things get a little difficult. You know, things get a little blurry. Um, I think everybody that knows me kind of knows where I'm going with this. Um, so typical week you know we used to travel a lot to mexico and i'm saying used to and you'll understand later on in this episode so just bear with me here um i used to travel a lot with my parents to mexico so as you know like everybody else you know my mom and dad you know came here legally you know my dad became a u.s uh, u.s citizen sorry and uh Ended up fixing all the legal documentation for my parents, for my mom, 
for my siblings, for my older sister. Her name was Maggie. You know, she 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 got her residency. Uh, she became a resident. My sister Rebecca, she also became a resident and later on becoming a uh, a U.S. citizen. Also, um, my sister Jasmine, she has some stuff going on. I'm not really sure what her problem, you know, was or whatever. But she ended up also getting her legal documentations strained out. And, you know, dad made sure he, 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 he did what he had to do to make sure, you know, we were all able to travel and go back to, you know, you know, the roots of, you know, where they came from. And that's something my dad was kind of big on. He always used to like not enforce it, but he would best he would, he would make that presence known because I'm going to be completely honest, man. When it comes to my dad's side of the family, I know very little. I know very little. And I'm only saying this because my dad was very, 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 um, how can I say this? He was very reluctant and very quiet. He was very minimal when it came to his family. I know a little bit, but I know that I have family out there that I don't even know I have. But he was very, very, very minimalistic when it came to, like, expressing, you know, his his side of the family. Um, obviously, I got cousins and, and, and nephews and all that stuff from my dad's side of the family here in Houston. Also in Mexico that I kind of, you know, we kind of touch and base. We used to be a lot closer where, you know, dad was still here. And, and you know, it is what it is. Um, mom's side of the family, that's another story. Mom's side, I kind of knew the whole primary family tree when it came to my mom's side. You know, mom only had one sister and the rest were a bunch of brothers. You know, she, she, you know, she was... I think one of the oldest ones and she had brothers all over and here in San Antonio, shout out, you know, mi tío Chuy, shout out mi tío Negro from Mexico. You know, I, I had a recently, one of my uncles passed away, mi tío Pisto, you know, let him rest in peace. You know, I, I have a bunch of cousins, you know, Pelon, Fanny, Leslie, you know, Cassandra, you know, Mitya Alma, you know, all of them, they they know what's up, you know, you know, they, you know, it's all love. And um, yeah, that was something my parents really made sure we understood that we weren't alone. And uh, you know, they just they just love sharing that that they're you know, they their side. So we used to travel a lot to Mexico. We used to go a lot. We used to go and and during, especially during summertime, once all my mom and got all that situated, the legal immigration status, you know, it was like a no-brainer. The moment we were out of school, we was gone. The whole summer break, as you can imagine, being in, a, you know, in middle school, that, that wasn't, that sucked. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, it was fucking horrible. I hated it. I hated it. So just to clarify, uh, we're from a small town, border town, No Leon, you know. That's where, you know, mom's family stayed at. And, you know, dad was from Moncloa and Coahuila. And I don't know. I've only been to Moncloa a handful of times. And that was a very long time ago. Anahuac, on the other hand, was a, a very frequent trip that we would go to. And I remember Anahuac being hot, man, in the summertime. It was horrible. I hated it. I hated it. People... 
people that from that would visit, I'm telling you, you know what's up. It, it, it was a bad experience. Apart, I'm not saying being with my family was a bad experience, but the weather out there, it, it's just, it's in the summertime, it's horrendous. And then at that time, it was like, what, 20, no, 2008, 2004, 2005, I don't know, somewhere around that time frame. You know, I haven't been back in a while, but we said, my grandma used to have these AC units at their house and we used to have to pour water they had like a little water reserve and we had to put water in them so they could actually cool the house and you know that thing just went overnight so you would wake up if that water ran out you would wake up like two three in the morning sweating you know i mean it's hot man it's hot and it's just blowing dry air so the longer you take the more hotter the quicker it gets you know hot in there and you know you'd have to get up three in the morning fill that thing up with the water hose and you if you fill that thing up you know how long that's you know it takes it, it takes a while so it was just the overall bad experience for me at least i hated it i was a little gentrified kid i ain't gonna lie i was a little and what today's term now no sabo kid <laughs> and uh but hey you know it was my parents you know my mom i never seen her so happy she spent like 15 16 years 20 years plus away from my my grandma because she couldn't travel back because she didn't have any 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 uh, legal documentation and that's something i give props to my pops to man like i gotta give to him he made sure that he got his wife what he needed to you know make her happy and sure enough you know mom got to see my grandma and would spend months with her and you know my dad made sure she had that liberty and time to do that and I commend my dad for that. I shout out to him. Um, so one day we just get up, man. We get up. It's 2009. It's April. And I'm going to tap into this, guys, because I want you to understand the, the foundation to a lot of things that we'll talk about later on in this podcast. I will make other episodes and and talk about these, you know, these these points that I'm trying to make. These episodes, you know, that are they're gonna be coming out in the future. But this is like the foundation of where everything just comes down or comes out of. All right. So it's 2009. It's April. And we are, uh, we are heading out to a wedding that week. I find out about this. It's like a Wednesday or like a Tuesday. I don't remember. I'm a freshman in high school out in Hightower. You know, uh, you know, Hightower people. You know what's up. Um, we went to, we go to. I, you know, I'm a freshman. Play football that freshman year. I was a sports kid, you know. You know, had classes with you know some of the homies, you know. And man, I just remember, dude, uh, getting my first job. Uh, I got my first job at a Burger King off of uh, Highway Six on the parking lot of where they used to park the district school buses right there off of Lake Olympia. I know. You know, everybody knows Missouri City. They know what's up. You know where Lake goes at. That Burger King, I'm pretty sure it's not there anymore. It's uh before getting to, like, it's like on your way to, I believe it's like Dulles and all that stuff. But, you know, that was my first job. I used to work in that Burger King. And I remember 
I'll never forget. I remember it was like my first week or like second week or something like that. And I remember my dad just telling me, hey, we're going to leave. We're going. And I didn't. It was such a short notice that I wasn't able to tell him that, like, hey, I'm leaving to Mexico. Like, I couldn't, I didn't have enough time, at least for me, to ask him for a day off. And it was funny. You know, it was funny to me. It was funny. And, well, it wasn't at the time. It was scary because I thought I was going to lose my job. You know, it was my first job ever. I thought, like, missing was going to, like, I was going to get fired or whatever. <laughs> but um, I remember we leave... We plan to leave on a Thursday. So let me just clarify this. We never leave on a Thursday. We never left. We never left. I'm emphasizing this because I it, it think if we would have just waited a day more, things would have been so much different. We never left on a Thursday. And my dad was stubborn that day that he wanted to leave that day. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. We're going to Mexico for a wedding. And um, I just remember, I just remember, I remember crying to my dad. I remember telling him, just like, why are we going? Why are we leaving? Like, you know, I, ultimately to me, it just came down to me not wanting to get fired because I had just got my first paycheck. And essentially, I was supposed to work that day. And I just went to go pick up my paycheck and I came back home. So we can pack up and leave that Thursday. And honestly, I felt really bad doing that. So, but um, I remember something that I really didn't talk about. And uh, to this day, it haunts me in a way. So when I was getting picked up from school, you know, they signed me out of school to get ready to leave that day, that Thursday. My brother-in-law Hugo, which is Maggie's husband, her old my oldest sister, he he picks me up, and me and Hugo used to be cool, man. Shout out to you know, let him rest in peace, man. I I miss all of them. Um, Hugo was a very particular man. He was a character. Now that I think about it, I think me as an adult and him would have gotten along a lot better. But um, he said something that just stuck with me, and. It has haunted me for a long time. And he I remember him telling me that when he picked me up from, from Hightower, he told me, yo, Maggie's scared. You know, Victor's all scared, which is my nephew. You know, they had two kids, Victor and, and, and Elena, which is uh, Gigi. And um, I remember... Hugo telling me on the way home from picking me up from school, telling me like, man, Victor's all scared, you know, because Maggie's worried. She has this bad feeling about going. And now, you know, Victor's all, all, all he doesn't want to go. And I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know if it's just something. Maybe it's a, a, a sixth sense. But when something bad or like is about to happen i always get this gut-wrenching feeling it's like a premonition you can say that week was heavy that premonition was like 
something was wrong, man. That energy, I don't know. I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big guy that gets into all that, right? But that energy that day was just, that week was just, it was heavy, man. I remember my shoulders feeling so tense. I remember, like, I think back, and I remember, like, I would come home, like, that week, walking into my patio, and things just felt off, you know? Like, something wasn't right. And I understood what, you know, my brother-in-law said about what Maggie felt when he told me. And I just didn't say anything because I didn't want to sound crazy either. You know, I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to. But I just remember, I just remember getting, you know, getting the same feeling. So fast forward, we get home. We we're getting ready. We pack up, and I remember before we left, I hugged my dad one more time, and I told him if we could just please stay, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't do it. He just didn't want to. He was just like, "Papa, we gotta go. We have a lot to do." And I was like, "All right," you know. I cried. I remember crying to him. Like I hugged him, and I was sh- like sobbing. So I mean, we get on the road. It's like what twelve o'clock, one o'clock. I'm not really sure what time it is. But it's during the day. It's early. It's kind of late, actually. So if everybody knows, Anawak is not too far from Houston. Like, Anawak is probably like five, six hours drives if you go straight. From what I remember. Granted, I haven't gone back since 2009. And um, uh, I just remember, like, the whole car ride, man, it was just off. Like, dude, we went, like, a way we normally didn't go to, like normally, like obviously, because mom had family in San Antonio, you know, we would go through I-10 down to San Antonio, then we would catch from San Antonio, we get 35 down to Laredo, right? And this time, it was just, everything was off about this trip. We left on a Thursday, we went all down 59 South towards Victoria from Houston, like, it was just off, man. It was just, it was a weird, it was a weird, it was just off. We're stopping by all these gas stations. We're making all these pit stops. So just to give you an idea who's all there. So it's my mom in the van. We hit my we're going we're in my brother-in-law's caravan. So it's my mom, my dad, me, my youngest sister, Alexis, my oldest sister, Maggie, her husband Hugo, their two kids. Victor and Gigi. And I mean, we're just, we're traveling, right? We're going. And at the time, it's funny because I had just got on the cell phone. Well, I, I had one already, but you know, you know how I was back then, man. You know, I had like this little cell phone, little flip phone. I had just gotten it, man. I was 16, you know. I had just got my first job. I didn't have time to buy nothing fancy. I ended up laying in a sidekick later, but you know how it goes. But anyways, um, yeah, I remember my little sister asking me for my phone, and I gave it to her, right? I was like, man, whatever, take it, you know, at the time. I mean, what the hell can you do with a flip phone at that time? You know, it's not much you can do apart from, like, text and, like, you know. And um, I remember her texting her little friends. She texted her friends. I don't, okay, I don't mean no slander, and I'm sorry, but I know some of her friends now in this present day I remember some of their names, and I wish 
I could keep in contact with a few of them just to see how it was to be friends with my little sister at the time. And if she hit you up or she sent you a message, I need you to reach out to me because I want to hear what those messages said and what it was. But I remember she was texting, you know, and the and the messages that I did read, she was telling her friends, man, I love you guys. I can't wait. I'm going to miss you and all this stuff. And I'm just like, yo, like, stop. To me, I'm 16 and my little sister's 11. So y'all had to understand, like, how that translates. So I had I told her, like, yo, stop that. Like, you're going to get me in trouble. Like, this isn't your phone, you know? Like, it sounds a little mean, but seriously, it could have got me into some serious trouble. And... Man, I remember reading all that stuff, man. And it was just weird. Like, it was weird. It was so weird. So we get to Mexico and then, like, okay, so we get to the border and there's a problem. I don't know what's going on, man. We stay end up being at the border for a while. And I remember it's dark, man. And if you know Mexico, bro, like, you, rule number one, you do not drive at in the nighttime. Especially if you got plates from here. Like, from the States. Like, you don't be out there driving on by yourself in the middle of nowhere at night. Like, man, when I tell you from from, from the border to Anahuac, it's like a 45-minute drive, 30-minute drive. Those 30 minutes were an eternity for me. Because I was so scared that we were going to get kidnapped or murdered. Because at the time, it's 2009. Like, the cartel stuff over there was really bad, man. It was bad, dude. It was so bad. I mean... I don't know. It was just scary to me. I remember being so scared, man. I was just, I was constantly just looking out the window to see, you know, in this van. It was a Dodge Caravan. And I remember just looking out and I was just terrified, man. I was terrified. I was terrified. Like, I can't emphasize how scared I was. And hmm, I remember just, we get to our grandma's and I know, and it was just relief. Like, it was relief. Everybody's talking, laughing, hugging each other. We haven't seen each other in a year. Yada, yada, yada. You know, you know how it is. You know, people that travel, you know what's up. And so, yeah, it was just, so we all get some sleep. And um, so following the next day, we're going to tap into that right now. We're going to take a quick break. Let's take a little break and, uh, uh, I'll go with part two. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back. All right, so um, part two. So it's Friday. It's the next day. We're we're back from you know we we're I mean I'm sorry we're not back from we're waking up waking up from from. The night before. I still don't get why. But it's like 6 a.m. And everybody's awake. My dad wakes me up. He walks into the room that I'm standing in. Hey, Junior. That's what he used to call me. Levantate, wey. Levantate. We're going to go pick up your deal. Deal. I was like, all right, cool. I'm, gonna, right? You know, I'm half asleep. I don't know what's going on. So I remember it's my dad, my grandpa, and and Hugo, my brother-in-law, and me, we're in the van picking up my uncle, mi tío Ignacio, mi tío Enao, that's what he used to call him, tío Enao. And 
it's six man it's early like i didn't we're on vacation like why are we up at six on vacation you know like i'm thinking all right this wedding it has something to do with nah no so i found out later on that we needed my dad was persistent on leaving that thursday to to mexico because my sister i believe that i may be wrong but you know i believe that my sister needed pay needed to pick up some some documentation from this church to be able to do things um in in, in monclova and i know that's where they were headed but i believe that was the reason why i may be wrong i don't know you know how it is but i believe that that was the case i think that's what had happened and um yeah man it was early man it was like six and i remember just grumpy already i'm dude i've never been a worker i've never been a morning person i know it will be okay let's just get that straight and man i'm telling you like we get back to my grandma's to pick up my uncle and everybody's jumping in the van right everybody that i'm there with they're jumping in the van they're getting ready to go they're going to moncloa it's me and i tell my dad i'm not going like i just didn't want to go i just didn't want to go like that's what it comes down to i just didn't want to go i didn't want to be stuck in the car from an hour to moncloa it's like another two and a half hours i did not want to be stuck in that car for another five not including what the what we have to do over there so I was just like, nah, man, that's going to be an all-day thing. I'm not going to be in the stuck in the car. I already don't like Mexico. So me and my dad kind of get into a little argument. You know, vente, vamonos. You're coming with me. You're not staying here. And I just told him, like, for what? Like, we don't even fit. You know, like, my uncle hopped in instead of me because my uncle was going to be the one giving him directions to Monclova from Anoak, right? So I, I, I'm assuming this. I'm only assuming this, right? I may be wrong or why he went, but this is my logical, you know, perception. And, but nah, like we start arguing and my grandpa was, I remember my grandpa just telling him, you know, telling him like, nah, se va a aquí, you know. And I just ended up like, they just, my dad was persistent. He wanted me to go with him. And I remember just telling him, I was like, no, se scared. Like, I'm going to the ranch. I'm going to one of my Tio Frayne's ranch. My Tio Frayne's ranch. You know, let him rest in peace. He also passed away earlier this year. And he has a huge ranch. That's just one of my dad's side of the family. And and he happens to be also in, in the Nanawak. And I remember just telling him, like, I had never been there before, granted. So this was the first time I ever went. So, sure enough, they take off. All right, mijo, I'll see you later. Take care of yourself. Cool. Bye. They left. I get picked up. It's like, let's say it's like 7 a.m., 8 a.m. I get picked up. Um, I get some food. They give me coffee. My uncle's being generous, right? And then we head out to the ranch. Man, when I tell you the amount of gates I had to open that day, it was ridiculous, man. It was crazy. I mean, they joke about it, right? Because it's a lot of freaking gates, man. Like, you're on the main road, and then you go in, and there's ranches in the middle. From my understanding, it's in the middle of, like, between more ranches. 
And they have one little road that everybody uses to get to there, right? But, bro, the amount of gates I had to open, frustrating. I was already over it by the time I got to the ranch. I was over it. I was over it. I was over this shit. <laughs> so we get to the ranch. It's, bro, It time had passed already. And then, you know, we get to riding horses. We riding around the, the ranch. You know, he's I'm with my cousin. I had just met him that day. I didn't know he was my cousin to that day. His name was Gerardo. And I got to give it to him, man, because what he did for that day, I'm telling Let me tap into that in a little bit, but I got to give it to him. So I meet him. He's nice, man. He's being friendly to me. He's being cool. And it's getting late. I'm there all day. It's getting late. And I'm telling like, yo, like, we got to go. And then Gerardo asked me, like, hey, como es tu papa? How is your dad? And I'm like, oh, he's a cool cat. And I'm saying, like, I don't know. Like, at the time, the question didn't make sense to me why he was asking. So, um, but I understand now. And uh, it's crazy. And I'm going to get into that right now. But I remember having to leave and closing all these freaking gates again. Man, that shit was annoying. I ain't going to lie to you. I was over these fucking gates. Like, I was over these gates. I was ready to get the hell back to my grandma's. Ride him back, and he's taking his sweet time, man. Like, and I, I don't blame him. Like, being in his shoes at the time, knowing what had happened, dude. And I'm about to get into that, but knowing what happened, that must have been tough, man. And I gotta give it to him. I shout out to him, man. Much love for him, dog. Cause I got that had to be difficult. And um, so we get back to my grandma's, and I mean, dude, when I tell you, it is freaking full of people. I mean, that place was. Like, crowded, man. It looked like, I mean, whoo, man. The amount of people, I can't even describe to you. Like, it was a lot. So I get off. You know, they get me right to the front of my grandma's house. You know, and, and I get off. And, you know, I remember walking. And my cousins are there. They're like, hey, what's up, man? I was like, yeah, I'm chilling. You know, whatever. Cool, cool. All right, well, let's go inside. And everybody just give me this look. And I'm not understanding. Right? I'm thinking, cause I'm thinking this wedding, bro. Like I honestly thought it was because of this wedding. I was like, damn, like my nigga knew everybody in this bitch, you know. Like this, this fool was like for real connected. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. I'm 16 years old, you know. Like I didn't know at the time. So I walk in and it's everybody's crying, man. Like the demeanor is just like instant. Like everybody's crying. Everybody's just sad, man. Everybody's just devastated. And I see my grandma crying. My grandma was handicapped at the time. She also passed away a while back. But um, she um, she was in a wheelchair. And I remember seeing her cry. And that made me feel very uncomfortable because I didn't like her. I didn't like seeing her like that. And um, so they sit me down, man. Like, they sit me down on the table and everybody's just staring at me and they don't know what to do. Like everybody has this, like, everybody's kind of like looking at each other and they're not, they don't know what to do, man. And I'm just looking at everybody like, what the hell is going on? Nobody's telling me. So, mi tia Rebecca, that's a family member from my mom, my dad's side, sorry, my dad's side of the family. She grabs me and she tells me, perdona mi hijo, pero nadie va a regresar. Todos se murieron, se los mató un tren. A todos. I mean, I remember that sentence verbatim. Like, I remember that 
like it's like stamped in my head and let me just translate for the people that didn't understand doesn't understand spanish basically saying your mom and dad aren't coming back they all got hit they all died they all got hit by a train and to me it i i couldn't i couldn't fathom with it it didn't really hit i was like there's no fucking way like, that was my initial reaction there's no way there's no fucking way like there's no way everybody died and i asked todos everyone and todos everyone and i was like oh okay you know i'm kind of just sitting there trying to process everything but it really doesn't hit like it doesn't hit man it doesn't hit it doesn't it doesn't hit and um <laughs> i remember just looking around and kind of soaking in everything of like what's happening you know i'm i'm, I'm soaking in like everyone crying everyone's kind of just broken down everyone in that car died that day because apparently they got hit by a train an hour out after they left and it was possibly the worst news i've ever gotten in my life and it's hard it's hard to put into perspective everything all at once at least for me at the time it was and it, it was crazy man it was crazy so like it didn't really click it didn't click and i remember my aunt Rebecca, the one that gave me the news was like look let's just come to my house you can stay there this is a lot for you right now all right cool get in their car we go it's like of like half a mile to a mile away i don't know somewhere like a mile and a half away so we go and man it's I, i'm sitting there by myself and i think about it now no one was around me for a long time at least not that i remember like they left me alone now that i think about it like they left me alone I think about that and like I was alone for a long time. And I remember <laughs> this is where things get funny and interesting. And I don't know why or what, but it never occurred to me to contact anybody in my family, family, friends, nobody. It never occurred to me. It never did. It never occurred to me to call anybody. But the person I had to call was my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> and it's crazy, man. It is crazy. It's crazy how that worked. She wouldn't answer me. So we used to buy these little prepaid cards over there. I know things are different now, right? But this was before social media and like all these apps that you can use to communicate with. We used to have to buy these prepaid cards, man, to like you will call a, a service and it was like a little scratch off and had like a pin and it had a balance and that balance gave you minutes to talk. I went through three of those cars trying to contact my girlfriend at the time. And she wouldn't answer. She wouldn't answer. She wouldn't answer. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me see who else I can call. So I call her best friend and her best friend answers. And I tell her what's going on. Um, and man, when I tell you, 
she just started crying, man. And like, she starts asking me if I'm okay. And I'm like, this is how I know I wasn't okay, man. Like I was just laughing. Like I was laughing and like, just out of it. You know, I was just, I just need to talk to, you know, I need to talk to her or whatever. I'm not going to say her name. I'm not going to put out there. I don't really want to, I don't know what she thinks. So it's just like, I'm going to just leave her name out of it. Let's just put, let's just leave it like that, you know? And she finally answered me. She was at church or whatever. And I let her know what happened. She starts crying. And then my other best friend, you know, it was, it was three of them. And my girlfriend, and it was two of her friends. So we were real close at the time and she starts crying and they all get to her house and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Cool. Right. And I just, I don't know. I, I hang up. I start calling other friends, like friends, like neighborhood friends, like some of them. I talk to them. They start crying. They couldn't believe it. And then I stop calling people and I'm by myself. And it's granted. I don't know what time it is at this point, man. I, I'm not really worried about that or anything, but it's still nighttime. And I remember like it's really starting to hit. Like I'm thinking right like what life is going to be you know without my family and it gets really bad man like it starts really hitting like there's no more mom there's no more dad like everything was just overwhelmingly like piling up like and i went into like this berserk anxiety attack man like i start crying i start yelling um i'm scared like my daily routine, my life changed. Like everyone that I grew up with was gone, legitimately was gone. Like my best friend, my little sister was gone. My dad was dead. My mom was gone. Everything was going to be different when I went back home. And that scared me because I didn't know what that was going to be like. And it was tripping me out, man. Like it was no longer going to be breakfast in the morning. No more tortillas in the morning. Fresh handmade tortillas. No more, no more, you know, small fights with my little sister. Stupid fights. No more, hey, Junior, vámonos a montar los caballos with my dad. Like no more riding horses with my pops. No more small, you know talks with my pops with my mom like all that was gone and it was piling up man it was killing me one thing that really like made me cry like for real like I will tell you guys one thing that hurt was my little sister had a best friend down the street and I thought I I thought to myself, I was like, man, that little girl's not going to have my sister there for her anymore. And when I tell you, these little girls did fucking everything together. They did everything together. They did absolutely everything together. And, man, that hurt a lot. I didn't see them anymore. Like, it, it was, it was a lot, man. So... I finally calm down and I get ready for bed and I get some sleep somehow. 
it's Saturday morning. It is chaos. I mean, it is chaos, man. I will tell you that Saturday was like so fast. I wake up. I wake up to my sister Rebecca hugging me, telling me mom and dad are really gone. I can't believe it. I had some news for them. You know, she was ex- she was expecting. She was she had my nephew Matthew. Well, she was having my nephew. She was pregnant with my nephew Matthew. But my dad and mom didn't get to ever know this, and she was gonna tell them when they came back. A lot was gonna happen when they came back, you know. And when we came back from this trip, and I remember like that's when it really like everything set in, man. Like everything like really hit. Everybody was there. My my dad's friends from work, my uncles from my mom's side, like their her brothers, like everybody was there. Like Hugo's parents, my brother-in-law's parents were there. It was just um I mean, it was a lot, man. Like it was a lot, man. I'll I'll give you that. And in Mexico, if you know how funerals go in Mexico, everything goes by fast, man. They do everything quick. I don't I don't remember exactly like the like the like the order of the days of how this happened, but I kind of have like an idea, like a timeline. But I remember that morning, man, it was just chaos. And I remember going to the corner store from my 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 aunt's house where I slept at that night. There's right across the street. She has a freaking little like store. I don't know if it's there or not. Granted, that was the last time I was there. And I went, and obviously Mexico is very, very, very inconsiderate when it comes to discretion. And I see my family dead everywhere on newspapers, just dead. My mom, they're laid out on the ground with the van flipped over. I mean, it is a very bad. (sighs) It was bad, man. It was I see Alexis dead, which is my little sister, my dad. It was just, it was bad. I remember when I first saw those pictures, it hurt me to the point where I wanted to fucking yank all those newspapers and throw them outside to the street and throw them away. But that was going to cost me a lot of money. (laughs) And, but I remember seeing that and. It never occurred to me to call my sisters, you know? <laughs> I don't know why, right? But uh, I remember whenever it was time for the viewing, it was at a, it was at a little, it was like a little banquet hall, a little salon, salon, right? So we'll call it in Spanish, un salon. Eight caskets, all in one room. And I remember seeing them roll in, and I'm crying my lungs out. I can't fucking deal with it, man. And then I hug my dad's casket when I find out it's his, and I pass out. I pass out from crying and yelling, and I wake up. I wake up in this little small-ass clinic. I don't know where the hell we're at, to be honest. (laughs) I just remember waking up, and... I remember the following day, all that happens. We stay at a hotel. Me and my sisters, we had we're having conversations, man. And I I remember this because the hotel was sketched to stay in. Like the hotel was weird. 
I remember those conversations and it was just, we're all hurting. Like it was just painful for all of us. Like we were so overwhelmed with what was going to happen. Like we were hurt genuinely and we didn't know how to just express ourselves to each other apart from just crying and trying to make each other feel better. But nothing that we did would help. I can see it in my sister's faces. It was it was a horrible position to be in. It was it was bad. And we try to sleep the night and we can't. I remember we're laying down in the dark and we're just talking to each other still. And the next day happens, it's church service, and then it's the burial. I don't go to either one of them. And people are upset with me. Uh, I don't, I told myself that day, and I still, I still hold true to that. I don't go to funerals because I do not want to have the memory of somebody in a box. That's not how I don't want to remember somebody. That's not, uh, uh, I get it. It's a respect thing. Cool. It's a culture thing. Cool. And in some cases, it's a religion thing. All right. But I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I didn't want to remember my mom and dad and everybody in the box. I don't want to do that. And apparently there was drama that went down also because dad's side of the family was, you know, JWs, you know, the Jehovah Witness. And, you know, my mom's side of the family was Catholicism. And, you know, I mean, I'm not going to tap into that. You know how that shit goes. You know, like it's conflict. There's always conflict. I mean, it's already conflict as it is because these people, all these people died. So, you know, it's just like it's bad enough one person dies, man. There's always some sort of drama that's going to happen. But eight people dying, I mean, it was just horrendous. And, you know, the burial, I didn't go to either. You know, I didn't go to either. They got buried that day. And I remember getting ready to leave, come back home. And that was, I was so scared to go home. All this was done and done already. All in one weekend, and I don't know how the hell was I. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was scared to go home because I didn't want to go home. Because it wasn't home no more. I wasn't going to go home to nobody. You got to understand, Rebecca and Jasmine, my sisters, they had husbands already. They had their life together. Everybody that I lived with was gone, man. Everyone that I lived with was gone. And I don't know what the hell was I was going to do. And it was just bad, man. It was scary. I didn't want to go home. And it was possibly the worst feeling, the worst car ride I ever had home. Shout out me Tio Joel. He's the one that brought us home. He's his uncle from Texarkana. I will never forget that car ride home. And it was just, it was just bad, man. It was, it was scary. It was very scary. And this story that I just told and shared you guys with, it is a reason why I am fundamentally starting this podcast today. Because what life brought me for the next 10 years, I was not ready for it, man. 
And I'm going to tap into that into, on this podcast later on. But I'm telling you right now, what what that story precedented for ten for the following 10 years, man, it was, whoo, man, I tell you, it is a hell of a journey. But I just wanted to introduce myself. Kind of get you guys to understand where I come from and give you some history, some fundamentals, some structure of what this podcast is about. Because if there's one thing I could have done different, then is taking care of myself, man. I didn't for a long time. I didn't take care of myself. And it was a really, really, really bad mistake. I shut people out. I used people. I lied to people. I manipulated. And then, obviously, life happens. You have children. You know, things change. There's other variables in life you just can't control that affect you. And it's just like, I just wish that, you know, I could have gotten help sooner. I mean, seriously, it could have changed and helped so much. Because I'll tell you right now, man, I'm going to be completely honest. This is a whole, this has taken me a long time to openly talk about this. Much importantly, like on a podcast, you don't understand, like, I just don't do this. This is something that I want everybody to know because... My parents deserve to know. They shouldn't have died the way they did. And I, to this day, will never understand why this happened to me. Or to my siblings. I will never understand that. I don't think it's fair. And I'm not going to tap into that because, you know, that's a whole different roller coaster. But I'm just going to trust everything for what it is. And we're just going to talk through it, man. I am blessed. I am happy to be here today where I'm at now. I'm happy to sit here and be able to talk to you guys about this journey that I've gone through. And some of these things I'm not proud of. I'm going to tell you right now, it is embarrassing. Some of the things that I do are just jaw-wrenching. Some of these things are just just shit you just don't do, man. But it's just you're so far deep. Into just this perception that you have that has to be a certain way because you just choose not to see it in a different way. This is what this podcast is about. And I'm going to make sure, ultimately, everybody understands that if I made it out this shit, out of this adversity... Out of this conflict that I'm still battling with today. It's not as bad as it was before. But I still do with a lot of repercussions of this. Anybody can make it. Anybody can survive. I know a lot of you guys turn around. And there's a lot of people that just don't make it out of depression, man. We all know people like that. We know people that are connected to somebody at least that has died Because of depression. And I'm going to put this to light so everybody understands that you're not alone. You're not. 
Sometimes it just feels that way, but we have to. It's part of the grieving process. Nobody's going to understand you. Only you can understand yourself. It's it's all up to us and how we percept things and make sure that we take care of ourselves and get the help that we need to be okay. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. I hope this is a start to something great. And I mean it. Take care, you guys. Much love. This has been Fernando. All of them podcast. Have a good night, everybody.